Hello and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, this is going to be our final episode of this year. Uh, we are looking at um, a two-week break after this just for uh, the Christmas holiday and then uh, New Year's and having stuff planned out already with uh, the hecticness of, of seeing family and all that. And it's just, it's not going to be a time that we can really dedicate to recording. Um, so I say we thought that we would try and uh, make, if not a seasonal episode, a episode about the seasonal vendor at the very least. Um, and so we are going to be discussing Ava Levante. Uh, for our episode, um, specifically the Ava's Journey lore book, um, which references back to the Red War time uh, and kind of shows us what happened to Ava between Destiny 1 and her return in Destiny 2 uh, and what she was doing and, and what was going on in the world. Uh, so, yeah. Myth, myth won't let me call this a Christmas special, so I'm calling it um, a seasonal special. How about that? Sure, sure. It's, it's, gra- it's Christmas Grandma. It's Grandma. I mean, Grandma Christmas of Destiny. I'm calling it. I'm calling it a Christmas special, Myth. You can't stop me. I mean, she's the event vendor for all the holiday stuff, so it's not this just not just Christmas. I uh, and certainly not. Just Christmas is celebrated this time of the year. Um, this is also true. But the the story itself, uh, although it it has it, it is kind of dawning parallel in some places. It's more about Ava herself and and the events going on um, at this time. Uh, just to kind of give people a little bit of an idea of who she is outside of just being, you know, the the grandma vendor that shows up every time there's a, a holiday event. Uh, with that being said, um, this is likely going to be a episode that's on the shorter side, uh, just because this lore book in and of itself is a little on the shorter side. Uh, but we kind of figured that, um, you know, again, holiday season craziness, people probably aren't going to have as much time to devote to, to listening to things either. So, you know, we, we thought this would be an all right time to throw in one that's a little on the little on the shorter side compared to like the two, two and a half hour stuff that uh, we've done in the past. Uh, 27 but... hours of the Awoken history says hello. <laughs> there, there's a few long stints of particular subjects we've done, yes. Three months of brave family history says hi. <laughs> that one was they were all fun though. They're they all were good. Amazing. They're this, all good. This time. is this is before we before we jump into this, I'm I'm gonna do a quick um like a like a pre-thank you to everything because myth myth can't myth doesn't think that I can stretch this out to two hours. Boy, what a liar he thinks I am. <laughs> uh no, I it, this is this has been a, a really fantastic time. Like uh like what Miss said, this is our this is our last episode of this year. Uh we've been going for two years strong now. Um it, it's it's it, I lo- I love telling all these stories. I love analyzing all these stories. I love looking at the scientific side of all this stuff. And yeah, no, I'm I'm as much as the, this is just kind of like a one-off like 
want a little a cute little like yay hey hey grandma christmas um i see you there giving out gifts and cookies and bacon shit and everything like yeah um no i'm i'm really excited for 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 this our our final episode of this year all righty well without further ado we're going to jump on into it here i again to to set the scene a little bit this is taking place um just prior i uh, or or I, I guess i should say the same day uh as the um cabal red legion assault on the last city uh and gaul coming to uh capture for lack of a better word the traveler um and all of that so uh we're gonna start again this is the lore book titled ava's journey and it starts with chapter one just another day at the tower and it goes like this the arched eyebrow spoke volumes ava levante grinned threatening to break through her deadpan the request was simple enough, a shader to commemorate the end of the Siva incident. Zavala's color suggestion, though. Her companion held up the cloth, a ghastly combination of fluorescent yellow and blood red that would have hurt the eyes even if it wasn't laid against a particularly nauseating set of stripes. Tess sighed. He can make the hive quake in fear, but that man should, should never be let within ten meters of a designer's table. The two women were still laughing when a shudder rocked the tower. They turned as one in the direction of the far-off sound that followed a roaring noise neither of them had ever heard before. The PA blared in the small utility room they had claimed as a lounge. Evacuation Order 77 is in effect. This is not a drill. All civilians report to designated evacuation areas immediately. <clears throat> Tess was at the door, palming it open, when another explosion, much closer this time, shook them where they stood. Smoke and screams floated down the hallway. Ava's memories of what followed were disjointed at best. She was running with Tess, gasping for breath. She remembered murmuring the names of her cousins, worrying about them down in the city. She was in a large crowd now. Tess was falling behind as Ava was crushed forward. Another explosion and a fire door slammed shut. And Tess was gone, separated. And Ava found herself with about thirty people in a small cargo bay between Tower North and the Hall of Guardians. A man was trying the far door, shouting that it was also sealed. And then the roof came down as a large sphere crashed to the decks. Cabal clambered from the pod, struggling against their bulky armor as they began to fire at the civilians. And that is when a dazzling blast of energy took them from behind. The shouting was enough for ten men, but when, Eve, when Eva could see again, only one massive guardian was there, ending a cabal soldier with a blade as long as she was tall. 
The helmeted face of Lord Shax turned this way and that, taking in the room. Two quick strides brought him to her side, and with a surprising gentleness, he helped Ava to her feet. Madam, he intoned, and she could feel the bass of his voice. I need your help. At, this, at his insistence, she took charge of the civilians as he took point for their little group. With the confidence and looming presence of the crucible master at her back, it was effortless to keep the others quiet and focused. And when they reached an evac site, a trio of anxious-looking hawk pilots waited with their craft. As the last of the group climbed aboard, Shax laid a heavy hand on her shoulder. He towered over her as he said simply, Comrade. And then he was gone, back toward the fighting, his massive sword slung over his shoulder. Ava's last view of the tower, as her hawk pulled away, was of ruin and flame. And that's the end of chapter one. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is this, uh, is this Tess Eververse that she was running yes. with? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So I kind of I remember a little bit of, uh, of the old tower, um, and, and specifically the area that I believe she and Tess uh, shared. Um, it was down by the um, by the saloon, right? With the with the jukebox, um, or, is it, or is that or is that in the other part? Oh no, you know what? No, the jukebox was down in the hangar. Yep. They were in the other tower, the other side of the tower near New Monarchy, weren't they? I believe near, so. Uh, yeah, near New Monarchy and um, uh, the speaker. Oh, it's been so long, um, right? Like. <laughs> Literally forever. I think that's where they were in the tower. But I, I, I always forgot that uh, she used to be the shader bender. Yes, she did mm-hmm. for like all of Destiny. Like that, she was who. Like she was just there in the tower every all day, every day, and um, uh, um, and uh, yeah, no, she was, she was. So she sold all the, all the shaders, and God, what was Tess ever first? No, because Eververse wasn't a thing for the longest part of the tower. Ever, yeah, Eververse um, wasn't a thing, I think, until Taken King, or even after. Maybe after. Anyway, doesn't matter. It does make me laugh that uh, um, uh, Zavala, uh, the knitter of the group, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is being told, your color choices are shit. <laughs> Do not come near this design table ever again. Please I mean, go away and command the vanguard. Just because you can knit doesn't mean that you have a grasp on color theory. <laughs> you're, you're not exactly a design artist. I mean, you know. Oh, my gosh. These are not mutually exclusive. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so so the two of them escaping through the tower. Um, I mean, that obviously that day was, like, crazy hectic. So um, I'm, like, in my head, I, I, I always think of Destiny taking place in real time. And so, like, September, I believe it was... It was originally September 8th was the release date, and they pushed it forward by two days to December 6th. Or, or sorry, September. So this would have been September 6th, uh, 2014, 15, 16, 17? 2017, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, now you're Googling it. I got you. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, September 6th, 2017. <laughs> ha 
I can remember. I can. I can do good memory. I can yeah. do numbers and history myth. I can't do anything else. But do those two <laughs> things. Um. So yeah. So uh. You know. Boom. Cabal hits. Shit hits the fan. Everything goes to shit instantly, really fast. Uh. She and Tess are, are running through. I even remember the little room that like you come up to and and Shax is there and he's got like he's got like a, a bunch of civilians huddled around him and mm-hmm. and he's like go guardian like fuck some shit up for me like I'll take care of these guys and you're like okay let's go and you know within the next like hour or so um I say hour you know in game it's like 5 minutes um you're now a lightless guardian like like the whole tower has gone to shit and and it's it's uh, the whole thing's gone to shit <laughs> yeah i and it's it's interesting here so we we in the the d2 vanilla campaign um we we meet shacks in that little room i'm assuming that would have been after this like after he went back to get more people uh and he he's kind of like instinctually gravitated to ava as you are the one that needs to help me lead these civilians. Like he, you know, rather, uh, rather than try and take charge himself necessarily, he's, he's very much like designating you're in charge of these people. I will be the protector to get you to evac. And then I'm going back for more. Um, and that's a pretty hefty responsibility to put on somebody. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and especially for like just a random vendor, right? Like, yeah, I mean, presumably just by nature of proximity, like he probably knew who Ava was and I'm sure they had talked before, but I, uh, you know, Ava wasn't like, oh, you know, a war hero or a warrior and, and she's lightless. She's just human. Uh, right. So it, it was interesting that Shax is like, I need you to keep these people in line versus, you know, somebody else uh but she does uh along with shax's presence and gets people to evac and the you know that that is her last sight and a lot of people's last sight of the original tower was was it falling essentially and uh so we continue on to the the next chapter where um ava is still in that role of like almost assuming command over, over a group of people. Uh, and, uh, we, we get right into it. Um, this is taking place as the title suggests. Um, this is taking place at the time where the traveler's light gets cut, uh, gets cut off by, by Gaul. Um, so this is chapter two entitled loss of light and it goes like this. Valentina and her son, Louis Peregrine district apartment block 10, fourth floor. It's the one an explosion nearby cut her off, but she shouted into the comms unit all the louder. It's the one with the green awning, please. The voice of the militia woman on the other end of the line was emotional. I'll send a unit, but ma'am, the fighting is all across the district. It's, it's chaos out here. Did I not give you my tower clearance code? Ava's own voice scared her, a whip crack of anger. 
a pause on the other end. Yes, ma'am. I'll go myself. Tazi out. Ava slumped back against the wall of the... She raised her head to look around. Must have been a bakery at one point. Now the little cafe tables were barricading the doors and the counter's glass case had been smashed into a far wall with the display racks. The militia exo she'd borrowed the comms unit from snapped off another few shots over the half wall that remained on the shop's exterior. They looked back in her direction, anxious. Can you fire a weapon? Her helpless look must have been an answer, because they reached out for the comms unit. She slid it across the floor and then quickly punched in a sequence of codes. Another blast nearby caused the other civilians in the room to whimper with fear. The exo barked into the unit. We need guardian support. Corner of the 1400th block, Anchor District. I have a large number of civilians here and our position is being overwhelmed. They punctuated their transmission by leaning out and firing off another dozen shots. The cabal roared back in animal fury. It wasn't more than two minutes before Ava heard it. The distinct sound of a sparrow, running full tilt. She dared to gather herself into a half-crouch and peer out of the building. She was watching just in time to see a pair of them, a hunter and a warlock, descend on the invaders like vengeful angels. These two were professionals. She could tell no swagger in them. They were efficient and deadly, and the soldiers began to fall back. Something happened. Ava couldn't see what it was, but both of the guardians reeled at the same time. The warlock dropped to one knee like his strings had been cut, and the hunter shook her head and raised a hand in the air, a distinctive signal, calling for the light. But nothing happened. The cabal, like they had been waiting for this moment, counterattacked hard. The hunter was bowled over by a charging centurion and crushed underfoot. The warlock didn't seem to ever really recover. He fell to the ground, riddled by the weapon fire of a dozen soldiers. The Exo was standing fully upright now, shocked. And even as Ava opened her mouth to tell them to get down, they too fell, a sniper's target. One of the men retched in the corner, horrified. Ava gave herself no time to think. She snatched the comm unit from the ground and pushed past the civilians to the far window. She used the reinforced case to smash out the glass and began hoisting children through once the shards were cleared of the frame. She was the last out of the building, and a few stray bullets plucked at the wall near her as she made her escape. They didn't stop running until they were sure no one was following. She had no idea which district they were in, no clue even what the building used to be. Much of the orderly streets and well-tended boulevards she had known had become a maze of debris. The last safe city, now a maze of collapsed and ruined structures. The children were huddled up in a great pile as the older folk talked quietly amongst themselves. Everyone was crying on and off, but they tried desperately to keep quiet. A high-pitched chirp, a 
across the comms unit startled Ava, and then she slammed her head back against the wall behind her. She hadn't even realized that she'd still had the comms unit. She reached down and keyed the pad, and a hushed voice came over. Ma'am? Her own voice low and shockingly gruff, she answered. This is Ava Levante. Is this Tozy? A pause. Tozy's dead. She wanted me to make sure someone got back to you, though. And another long pause. And Ava fought the urge to scream. I'm sorry, Miss Levante. Block 10 is just gone. I think some of the automated defenses managed to come online early in the fight, and one of their command ships must have crashed. Ava didn't hear the rest of the words. And that's the end of chapter two. Holy shit. Yeah. Man, this shit got real, real fucking quick, and I was not ready for this. So, Holy shit. We, as players and, and as the Guardians, we understand that the Red War and the invasion of the city was bad. And it was we got, we got, you know, we got our shit kicked in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we've only ever seen it from the perspective of the player guardian. And, right. you know, we, we saw some of the destruction that was going on, but a lot of, a lot of this, a lot of the actual warfare in the city, we were not exposed to. I mean, we were, we were up flying around uh, and we were in the, um, the main command ship. Yep. Gaul was on while all of this was happening. Cause he like, he, when, when he takes the light from us, he literally like, where's your precious light now? And just fucking kicks us off the side of the ship. And we just tumble yeah. God knows how far into a, we just, we crater into the ground. Like we, for all accounts and purposes, the player guardian should have died that day. And I'm kind of amazed that we didn't. <laughs> but yeah. Like, and even then, like we start, like we're hobbling our way through the city and there's like, I mean, it's, it's like, to me, it's like World War II, right? Like it's, there's war-torn streets, there's tanks rolling through, there's, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're kind of like running and ducking from each pile of rubble to the next pile of rubble just to have cover. A few shots ring out, you know, pop, pop, pop. And then you're just like, fuck, where's the next, where's the next part of cover? Like, how do I get the hell? I need to get the hell out of here. Here is bad. I need to move. And, and from a civilian standpoint, so from, from a guardian standpoint, this is a whole new level of fear. Like yeah. I don't have the light, I don't have my powers, I don't have any, I don't have immortality. Like to even to even register, like the I guess the most pressing register, or the most instant register is I don't have my powers, right? Like I can't double jump. A lot of people don't even realize that like double jumping is a is an ability granted to us through the light. Um, I don't have my grenade. Your grenades are abilities granted to to you through the light, like. You don't have like half your toolkit. You've got your guns and your bullets, and I guess technically primary ammo now is granted to us through the light because we have infinite ammo through primary weapons. So like, imagine if you actually had like count bullets now, and you've never had to worry about that before. You're popping off shots, just pop, 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 pop. Like, who cares if I miss? Now all of a sudden you're like, oh god, every shot counts. I have to like move and keep moving. 
so yeah, it was a it was an extremely scary time for guardians. But then the flip side of that, civilians. Th- th- this is something like we're talking every everyday Joes that like they have no powers. They've never had any type of powers. They're just living their life, and now all of a sudden they're in the middle of this war torn area that like. Even the one exo is like, do you know how to use a rifle? And she's just kind of like, uh, no, like I yeah. <laughs> never, never had the need to. Like, okay. And now she's being like, Ava's being forced into like a command role, essentially, of like, I need to keep these people safe. I need to lead now. And uh, I, it's it's amazing what what um, I, I I think of it as like a subconscious, right? Like. It, you're, it's amazing what happens to people in extraordinary circumstances, um, and and to see w- what their subconscious kind of like takes over, and you see that in Ava in this one where she like she even gets angry and it's like, this is this is Christmas grandma Christmas grandma you can't you know, <laughs> yeah. your grandma doesn't get angry like she doesn't yell at shit like what the fuck is this like now you're seeing grandma walk down the streets with an AK and she's just like I'm gonna fuck some shit up and I'm gonna protect my people and it's like. Where is this coming from? Like it's 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 a totally different side of Ava that you're just like not really prepared for, and yeah, no, this is this is amazing to see her like just step up and just start leading and just like I'm gonna keep my people safe. Yeah, and and it's it's another thing to um to remember kind of the 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 passage of time because it's it's really easy to go over the battles that have happened around the last city, you know, uh, the. Battle of Six Fronts and the um, the attack from the devils culminating in uh, the Twilight Gap and all of that. But those were long enough from present day that there's potentially multiple generations of civilians that have never seen a battle. They've only ever oh, grew shit. up and lived in the city and I like a lot of it from that perspective, they knew stories of, yeah, there's fallen out there. There's, you know, there's bad things outside the walls, but they've never actually experienced any of that. These aren't the people that came from the outskirts to form the city. This is generations later. And that that's, that's a whole nother. Uh, that's, that's mind blowing. That's, that's genuinely yeah. mind blowing to think of like a group of people, like they know that there are bad things out there but there's always been protectors. Like it's never been at the city. Like at the, right. twi- the, the, the twilight gap was really like the end of the threat to the city. Like ever since yeah. then, from them, from then all the way to Gaul, like the city was essentially a sanctuary. So yeah, like to think of it from that perspective of like generations have not seen what actual warfare and war is like. And now all of a sudden it's brought to their door kind of overnight. Mm-hmm very quickly very violently and uh and yeah ava's been put in this position of like kind of yeah taking that that commanding role and again this this is like a 60 year old woman between right. 60 and 70 year like she we we say you know grandma she she is truly kind of, <laughs> like, kind of ballsy it's super like again <laughs> thinking of ava walking down the streets with an ak or her an smg just like what's up now bitches like okay well you do you grandma <laughs> <laughs> but she continues doing what she has to do to keep the her people that she has found safe 
Uh, and so we continue with chapter three of her journey titled Hiding at Home. And it goes like this. Ava checked the time on the small comms unit and she clutched to her chest. It seemed impossible, but it had been under two hours since she had been sitting and laughing with Tess. Time had stretched for her, like the taffy candies some of the vendors sold during the dawning festival. She would have sworn it was days ago, longer than that, when she had been sitting in her cousin's flat, hugging Valentina, saying goodbye to Luis. Ava, we don't owe them anything. A gruff cough, one of the other civilians. Everyone's voice was a grinding imitation of itself. Ash filled the air and no one could clear their throat. Ava clasped a rag to her mouth as she answered, croaking. How dare you? Her voice rose with her anger. Your whole life they've kept you safe, and now you want to just abandon them. The subject of their dispute lay collapsed on the floor of the warehouse. A quartet of guardians, all of them wounded and bleeding from within their flamboyant armor. Even as she weighed the future of their little band, she couldn't help but appreciate their fashion sense. The hunter, of course, had put in most effort. The man arguing with her was paunchy and fashion illiterate, wearing a bland, functionally unif functionary uniform, part of the consensus staff. He scowled at her and grated out, We can barely move, the lot of us around, let alone all of us move, and a bunch of wounded powerless guardians. Why should we risk our... You don't think they've risked their lives a hundred times for you? She pulled the rag away from her face and coughed a mass of phlegm and ash to the side. Her mother would have died all over again of the shock. We have to keep moving. We have to keep them with us. And we have to hold out. Whatever this is, it's temporary. He grimaced, but she pressed on. When they regain the light, they'll... Her diatribe was cut short by a blast of static on the comm unit. So loud, she dropped it on the floor. The reinforced case took the blow, and so everyone around clearly heard the deep voice of Commander Zavala when he began to speak. Citizens of the last city, hear my words. Like a people dying of thirst, the civilians moved in a circle to the comm unit. Zavala had been a pillar, a beacon of hope all their lives. Surely he would have a plan. We are abandoning the city. We have evacuated everyone we could, but the Cabal now hunt guardians in the streets. If you are able... You should make for the wilds. And Ava felt as if she'd been physically struck. 
The cabal have affixed a device to the traveller and severed our connection to the light. We cannot hold the city, and we cannot protect you. There was a long pause, as if he was weighing his words carefully. And when he spoke again, Zavala sounded very, very tired. We are setting a rally point elsewhere in the system. Watch for a broadcast. We will return to the city some day, but I do not know when. Another pause, and then, be safe, be brave. And then he was gone. To their credit, the group did not yell or shout. Even though it had only been a matter of hours, they were all alive because they had learned not to give away their position. They did cry, though. Tears streaked trails down faces covered in ash. Those faces looked from one another as they sought to understand, to comprehend. Ava did not cry. As she stared at the comms unit, all she could think about was Zavala's shoulders. She had often joked with him about the size of the pauldrons on his armor, that massive protective plate on his left shoulder. And now, for some reason, she thought she understood the weight on those shoulders. Ava stood and all eyes turned to her. She flinched a little, and then choosing her words carefully, said, Most of them are leaving, so we have to help them. She gestured at the guardians. If we can keep them alive, they can protect us, keep us safe. She looked around the group, found people nodding. Where do we go? One woman asked. Ava looked back down at the comms unit. The Cabal will have heard that. They'll be watching the walls, expecting us to try to leave. She looked up, out at the room. So we stay here. We make for the edge of the city and try to find somewhere the Cabal won't expect us to be. The seamstress reached down and pulled up the comms unit, slinging it over her shoulder. Everybody up. It's a long walk to Twilight Gap. And that's the end of that chapter. Man, this is this is the saddest Christmas story we've ever told. This is, this is worse than Christmas Carol, man. Like this is a sad ass Christmas story. I'm just gonna say that right now. Like this is That's why I never man. said this was a Christmas story. <laughs> I'm still sticking with it with a Christmas story. That's fine. It's just it's freaking rough. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, like it, it, again, we, we experienced that message from the guardian perspective. We experienced that message of like, to us, we, we like, we're leaving the city. There's a rally point on Titan. That's where we need to go next. That's like that. That's where things will get better. That's where things will start to get better. was kind of the idea for the guardian perspective. Uh, but yeah, for the people that are stuck in the city to to get this this broadcast of, you know, your your eternal defenders can't protect you anymore 
and you're on your own. As there's, there's a lot of people in the city, like yeah, I, I like I'm just kind of picturing in my head that view from like Zavala's stance in the tower right now, like looking out over the city. That place is huge, and I think uh, from the from the God, okay, so like the Cabal don't take prisoners. They don't have a reason to. So, right, like, so everyone's just gonna die. Like, Pretty much. Holy shit. This is, this is a, this is a bad Christmas story myth. I'm just gonna say that right <laughs> now. Uh, but no, Never it's, claimed it, like, it was. It's, it's really dire. It's really, really dire. Like, the, the, the hit on the tower, the hit on the last city by the cabal for the, for the Red War was, that was huge. Like, that was a, a massive blow to humanity. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it, I just, I just think it's hilarious throughout this thing that like, uh, the fashion keeps being mission. <laughs> right. <mission>. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that, you know, the hunter of course had put in the most effort. Well, no shit. They get the best drip in the game. I can't like when you're given, when you're given like, you know, the best, the best of the best, like how can you, you literally can't go wrong. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming the one with like the 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 it says of the consensus. I for some reason I'm not I'm not remembered what that uh, uh, was. Was that yeah, the, the guards of the city? No, con- consensus were the um, the governing body that oh, were okay, alongside okay, okay. the vanguard. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yep, I remember now. Um, back yeah, that was the whole like table and like hey, we're throwing yep. Osiris out, and it's like oh yep. well, he's already fucking left. Like what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, can't yeah, fire no, me, so I quit. It, <laughs> so yeah um it's just it's so funny that like and then and then of course she mentions zavala's giant ass shoulder pads like they're not just a um uh they're not just a um what would you call that uh not just a fashion statement <laughs> well they're not just a functional piece of armor right like they're not like you can't just like Mm-hmm. Like they're not, you're not just hiding behind it. It's also a giant metaphor for like the weight on his shoulders yeah. of the entire city, and for him to make this announcement of like, "Hey, um, sorry, we can't help. Do what you can, survive. We'll see you when you see you." Like that's that's a big deal there. Yeah it it reminds me of actually a Game of Thrones uh, quote which as many issues as that TV series had um, and the yet unfinished book series, I, one of the, the quotes that has always stuck with me um, was that um, the, the iron throne, you know, the throne of the ruler of, of uh, that, you know, government, I was made of all the melted, uh, swords of the en- uh, you know of the enemies of the empire i uh, and it it was not comfortable to sit on and it was not meant to be comfortable to sit on because the ruler of a people should never feel comfortable in that responsibility that's a big ass uh, responsibility like that's yeah it shouldn't be taken lightly so it it that's that's like 
the parallel that, that I draw hearing about, you know, yeah, the, the shoulder pads aren't comfortable. They're not supposed to be. They're a reminder. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so again, Ava is like, I guess it's up to me. <laughs> this is essentially what, what it much. comes down to. Um, and she makes the decision not to try and flee to the wilds, not to escape the city because she makes the, I think, rather uh, intelligent observation that like, we're, you know, we're not the only ones that heard this. The cabal probably heard this. They know people are going to be trying to escape. They're going to be watching those escape routes. So let's just bunker down. Yeah. And uh, it, funny enough, we mentioned uh, Twilight Gap. That's where they're going. That's that's where they're gonna try and and hold out. Pretty pretty decent map. I mean, like they could hide in the little container that's in the middle of it. Like they could they could use the cannons that are on the back side of it that everyone jumps across, right? To be like, yeah. I'm gonna skip this person. But uh, needless to say. Um, so they make their way to Twilight Gap as, as a place to kind of remain, hopefully unseen, uh, in the wake of the Cabal occupation. Uh, and we see a little bit of that in the next chapter titled The New Normal. And it goes like this. Just getting to the outskirts of the city was an ordeal. Every day, they saw the Cabal's control tightening. Civilian groups or the Odd Guardian tried to make a break for it, but only to be brought down by a swarm of ships hungry for a kill. The streets were no safer, the patrols moving in tandem and tanks rumbling through the district centers. Years of supporting the Guardians, of listening to their idle chatter, had filled Ava's head with details about these horrific invaders. She realized they were doing rigid block-by-block sweeps, unimaginative and plodding, just as described at the tower. Their group hid and observed and moved only when the Cabal did. In that careful manner, they arrived at the far reaches of the city. Parts long abandoned, where humanity was just a shadow cast upon the walls. Ava found herself in consultation every day, organizing foraging patrols back towards the center. Evenings were spent suggesting strategies for the upcoming days. And to her great satisfaction, she spent nights sitting with a needle and thread trying to make sure the survivors would stay warm on the move. As the three guardians recovered, they lost the titan on the way to the gap, they started offering more guidance. At their suggestion, the survivors never stayed in the same place more than a day or two. They posted lookouts every night and turned on the comms unit only every other day to listen for broadcasts, for chance transmissions for hope. Ava was there in the room when the guardians heard Zavala's voice. His short, terse statement played over and over. If there is any light left in the system, we rally on Titan. She shut the door so the other civilians wouldn't hear and listened as they had it out. The warlock, Tam, 
identified herself as Trin's sister. They were adamant that they try somehow to get off-world and head for Titan. The hunter, Ramus, was just as adamant that they stay. Their discussion wound down and came to a slow stop, with all three guardians looking at her. She held up her hands and said, I trust you all to do the right thing. And so they stayed, and quickly became integral to the success of their operation. What had begun as simple survival became an organized effort to evacuate civilians from the last city. Foraging parties inevitably came back with more people than they had left with. Scouting parties probed the edges of the city and found avenues of escape, places where the cabal were lax in their patrols. Ava found that the same skills she had used to plan holidays at the tower were invaluable in organizing this underground movement. She cobbled together boards from old classrooms to create a schedule and wrote on the backs of old forms and newsletters to make delivery packages of civilians and the occasional lightless guardian. Day in, day out, this became her quiet routine. She faded into the background of the underground. Plan, move, sew, repeat. Even when contact was finally made with the farm and getting survivors to the EDZ became the goal, Ava was always there, making sure that the trains ran on time. After some thought, she asked that her role not be spread around. She got word to people like Tess that she was alive, and that was enough for her. She had the chance to get out of the city dozens of times. But every time she thought she'd take that exit, go with that convoy, she stopped herself, settled back, did the work. And that was how the months of the Red War passed for Eva Levante. And that's the end of this chapter. You do what you got to do. Like, that's... that's <laughs> I have a little bit of experience with uh, war zones, uh, <laughs> <laughs> having been deployed twice. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, you do what you got to do. You you create little routines that are like, okay, what's the what's the next thing? As as even something as simple as as sending scouting parties or posting uh, posting watch or something like that. Like you you come up with something that like makes you feel normal uh, in in scenarios like that and. You know, it it's you know you it somewhere in the back of your mind you you, you kind of tell yourself over and over again like it'll be better. You know, there 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 you know there will come a time where where I won't have to do this, but for now this is what I do to get through to the next day. And again, we see we see Ava's leadership kick in here. Like she had multiple chances to go, multiple chances to to leave, and she's just like. No, I'm going to I'm going to stay. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to I'm going to help more. Like I'm I just want to help. That's all I want to do. And uh yeah, it's you know, it's it's not the same as like, you know, she's not she's not designing a shader or something like that or or sewing a a, a new set of armor for a badass hunter or something something like that. 
but uh just just simple things like 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 making those schedules like like coming up with like hey here's a here's a night watch rotation like do this like having that routine uh you'd be amazed how much just having that will keep uh will keep a small group going yeah and i i think it's worth highlighting the like she went from shacks designating her you are the most you're the person i'm putting in charge of this very scared group of people on what was assumed to be a normal evacuation i mean as normal as an evac can be but sure a a planned or not planned a uh well-resourced evacuation Mm -hmm. uh to you know okay we're we'd met resistance were pinned down i hey guardians are here to save us oh no they're not uh they're (laughs) jk (laughs) yeah they're they're they can't help us and just like going from that mindset of being kind of voluntold you're gonna you're gonna lead these people to leading them through some of the most harrowing experiences on the front lines that that they could have gone through right and then evolving into kind of masterminding the whole underground movement of getting people out to the farm for months for for the entire duration of the red war i which is kind of incredible (laughs) well and and good on those 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 few guardians that did stay because like that that call when that rally call, I mean, obviously we as as VIP twenty fourteen, not just as because video game player character moved the story along, but like when we heard the call, we were like, okay, well Zavala needs us, let's go. And so yeah, there there were probably a few guardians that that did heed the call, um, to rally on Titan, but the the I think the majority of them actually did stay there with, uh, the city, and then of course when the farm was discovered when when uh Soraya Hawthorne made herself known and and Devram K like it there, we have tons of 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 civilians that were uh Soraya says it best like like we've lived outside the city for years without the light like what makes you think that you're better than us like why why just because you're lightless now doesn't make you any more or any less of a person like now you just get to see what it's like to survive outside like as much as the last city was the last city, and and that was where a majority of humanity was, all of humanity wasn't there. So yeah, to to have like another rallying point outside the city, um, uh, even even just as a refuge, it, like as makeshift as the farm was, um, no, it was it was it was good to have like get people away from the cabal. Like the cabal are very yeah. centered on this one area. Get people away from here. Let's get as many people as we can safe. And again, I, I to me that just speaks to to Ava's leadership. Like it, 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 it's when put in extraordinary situations, people will do extraordinary things. And Ava has stepped up in this one. I I salute you, Commander Grandma, with your with your AK with your AK and SMGs and shotguns and shit, and just kicking in teeth and taking names. So, but eventually, the Red War does come to an end. Uh, and Ava still being in the outskirts of the city, uh, got a little bit of a front row seat for that very, uh, spectacular ending. Uh, and so 
we see uh, what happened on that day for Ava in the next chapter titled The Good Fight. And it goes like this. Abuela, ma'am, it was quiet, almost a whisper, but it was still enough to wake Ava. And for a spinning, disorientating moment, she thought she was sitting in her living room back in Peregrine District, her favorite Afghan over the end of the couch and Carlos standing over her. But this wasn't Carlos. The concerned face of the hunter, Ramos, looked down at her. More than a few of the guardians that went through the underground had taken to calling her grandmother. But Ramos had stuck with the group through all of the long months of the war. He was very protective, sometimes smothering, and she sighed as she rubbed her eyes. I am up, I am up. What time is it? She sat up on the old couch she had been sleeping on, wincing as she tried to sort the knots that had developed sleeping on her side. Almost, oh, seven hundred. His voice was a little sheepish. She glared at him. You were supposed to wake me an hour ago. His grin was lopsided. You needed the sleep. She stood carefully and tottered on the unsteady legs, turning her face away so he couldn't see her annoyance. Are they waiting? They've only just arrived. One of the reasons I waited. They're not expecting you for another ten minutes, he said, trying to justify himself. Ava sighed again. Thank you, Ramos. You're right. I did need the sleep. I was up again too late last night. Go tell them I'll be right down. Yes, ma'am. He sounded happier, and his footfalls as he left the room were light and confident. Ava stepped into the bathroom off the main living quarters of this second-floor flat. Her morning routine sorted, she poured some water out of one of the ration canisters into the stoppered sink so she could wash, try to feel a little less like she had slept on a half-rotten couch in an abandoned building. Water dripping down her nose, she reached blindly for one of the pieces of scrap cloth they used for a towel and dried her face. When her eyes cleared, she found herself looking at a stranger. Ava had always been on the thin side. She could still remember her mother chiding her, telling her to eat and clean her plate. Now the woman staring back at her was positively gaunt. Bags under her eyes, hair chopped brutally short, and her clothes. The clothes she had been wearing the day of the attack hadn't lasted two weeks. They were never intended for living rough. The homespun outfit she had stitched for herself would have never passed muster back at the tower, but out here, they had to. At least she'd been able to salvage her trademark shawl, something to remind her of better days. As she shifted into the living room, Ava reflected that better days, of course, were why the group was gathered downstairs. All of the underground cell leaders gathered in one place for an important, perhaps final, conversation. For the underground, the Red War was a stunning victory. They had won. 
The only civilians and guardians left in the city were those unwilling or unable to go. Ava frowned, saddened. Every few weeks, they heard stories of a group of guardians overrun from a supposedly secure bunker by a legion assault. The loss of civilian life had been staggering, both in the initial assault and intervening months. As she looked down into the street through a slit around the boarded-up window, she had to admit to a feeling of satisfaction. Now all that was left for the underground its, was for the underground itself to pull out, make for the farm and the safety and numbers of Hawthorne's group. Ava raised her eyes from the empty street to the distant site of the tower, twisted and ruined. She would stay, she had decided. Guardians like Ramos could check on her from time to time, but someone needed to stay behind and keep the lights on. There could be refugees still alive out there, still hoping for a way out. She turned away from the window to head downstairs when the explosion ripped through the street in front of the apartment and Ava's whole world turned white. And that's the end of that chapter. Did, did, did she die? Did <laughs> <laughs> wait a second <laughs> the end happy christmas bye everyone <laughs> no she did not Shit. <laughs> that got real real quick like <laughs> what the hell <laughs> ghost of christmas past just said well that's all i got bye <laughs> not Holy quite shit. not quite um unclear at this moment what exactly this explosion was uh it's possible that this was when they say like the whole world went white i could see that just being like the you know the effect of being in an explosion or an artillery explosion i i do also wonder if this is like the traveler broke out and it's that wave of energy wave yeah 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 uh, but the underground, her little movement, it like it's done its job. Everybody, as far as they know, everybody that can be evacuated has been evacuated at this point. Uh, and in spite of that, she still can't bring herself to leave. It's a it's a hard thing. Like I said, I I think back to that idea of of that routine, right? Like you get that routine going and it goes and and you're happy with it. And you kind of get to a point of like, okay, this is in like the, I mean, the title of the preview card, the new normal, like it's, that's just your everyday thing now. And when it comes to a time for that to end, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard to like accept that a, that it's ending and B that now you have to do something else. Like you have to, you have to move on or whatever. Like it, it, I think the idea of them retreating to the farm is just almost too much for, for Ava to handle. And, and she's just like, well, no, this is, this is what I have to do. This is like, you know, (laughs) Shaq's put me in charge of this. I, he hasn't relieved me. I haven't been relieved yet. It doesn't matter if we've saved everyone in the city. This is what I have to do type thing. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's very heart touching. It's, it's very heartwarming to, to see, uh, grandma, grandma, Ava, 
wanting to to still stay behind in case that there is that one random survivor that that hasn't made it out yet. Um, so we see the immediate fallout from whatever this explosion was uh, in the very next chapter, which is titled Last Day. Uh, and this one goes like this. Ava, for the second time in as many minutes, shook her head and tried to understand where she was. There had been no warning. She'd heard a few seconds of whining engine overhead, and then a massive explosion ripped through the street in front of the underground apartment. The blast had thrown her to the ground. Everything hurt, but from somewhere close by, she could hear the guttural shouting of cabal soldiers. The distinctive sound of guardian weapon fire was answering, and someone was screaming. Without thinking, she was on her feet, lurching towards the far corner where her shotgun lay on a side table. Three steps, four, weapon in hand, and checked, just in time, as the apartment door flew open and a pair of scions stepped through, weapons ready. Ava Levante, seamstress of the tower, would have been taken aback. The gaunt woman she had seen in the mirror had spent months dry-firing the weapon. Endless drills had trained her for action, and her first shot took the one on the right in the chest and blew him clear out of the room. It had not prepared her for the kickback, however, and she felt something crack in her arm as the weapon bucked against her. That flinch saved her life as she unwittingly pivoted to the side, narrowly avoiding shots from the other cabal creature. Roaring, she raised the weapon against, and her answering blast threw him against the far wall. Breathing heavily, she reloaded the weapon with one hand and waited, listening. No more outside that she could hear. Fighting was fierce downstairs. They needed her. She stepped to the door, weapon outstretched. The sound of the war dog bursting through the apartment window was like another explosion. Ava whirled around as the scaly beast scuttled to the side, and another pair threw themselves from the hovering troop transport into the small living space. They landed with surprising grace, and three sets of hungry eyes stared at the once seamstress. Drool smeared the floor as the three set, sets of fanged mouths worked eagerly. Ava fired, and the beasts charged. That's the end of that chapter. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! Oh, man. Oh, Grandma with a shotgun. Dude, you don't fuck with Grandma with a shotgun. I'm telling you right now. That little old lady, she's she knows exactly how to rack that shit. She doesn't even she it's not even a second thought to her. She's been through those motions in her sleep. It is no like bop bop click shack like let's go. It's oh oh let's go. I'm so pumped up right now, man. <laughs> she is taking the fight to them. Uh so yeah, I and, that that train that dry firing training never trained you for that kick though. Shotguns <laughs> kick like a fucking mule. Like it's if you're not ready for it, it's going it's going to take a little while to recover. Yeah, but I mean, 
two scions and it sounds like three war beasts against yeah. a 60 plus year old woman <laughs> like with a fucking shotgun like what's up <laughs> Oh shit, I love it. I love it. Christmas <laughs> reigns again. Yay. People in the tower are like, oh, this is great. She gives us cute cosmetics. Like, don't don't mess with Ava. Don't mess <laughs> with grandma. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, but uh yeah, so we continue um Ava's kind of adventure here uh via the next chapter, which is titled caretaker and it goes like this ava levante stood leaning against the ivy covered outer wall of the barn gazing down into the football field at the farm the old nets were slack now needed to be rehung no one came by who cared enough to restring them and the farm's current inhabitants were not the sporty type beyond the field were the rolling hills of the European dead zone, and on the horizon the twisted, ruined spur that was the shard of the traveler. Her first days back on her feet, recovering from the attack at the apartment, she'd stared in wonder at that view. Now she watched the clouds idly roil and collect around the shard, bored, Ava smiled and shifted her weight off the wall and onto the carved cane that kept her upright. To think, after everything that had happened, that she could be bored. Her first days at the farm had been a whirlwind of medical treatments, rushed through by attendants already on their way out as she was coming in. It had been the final days of the Red War, a major operation planned to retake the city. One old woman coming in from the underground was a low priority, and in the, com- in the commotion even the old friends she had hoped to see had missed her. Now she was alone, or mostly alone. She turned her head to see the cryptarch, Tyra Karn, chattering away with the farm's postal frame. With primary operations returned to the city, Darby had become Tyra's unofficial research assistant. Together, they continued to study and examine humanity's history through the lens of the dead zone, a sideline from the turmoil at the tower Tyra had apparently been all too happy to claim. The scout Devram came by every once in a while for a chat as well. When he was feeling cheeky, he referred to their little group as the Old Hands Club usually smirking over top a teacup. Both had official jobs to do, of course, and they took their roles very seriously. Ava was at the farm very unofficially. Her role at the tower had never been one vital to operations, of course, but no one had rushed to ask her back to the market either. Tess and Banshee had reached out once in a while, and she'd given advice on how to set up their new spaces, but Ava was here at the farm for the lost. They trailed into the place in ones and twos. They all shared something in common. The shard hadn't connected with them. They came to sit and stare at it off in the distance, to talk about how hard the Red War had been 
as unpowered guardians, some forced by circumstance to literally sit on the sidelines. When the light had returned, some of them reported that it felt different. It sat under the skin like a suit that didn't quite fit anymore. A diminutive exo-woman was one of the pilgrims Ava remembered most clearly. She hadn't even known they made exos that short. The woman shifted and twitched as she talked, unable to calm herself. At the mention of the light fitting differently, a statement she had heard a lot of guardians make, Ava asked the same question she always did. So does that mean the light is different now, or are you? The exo had stopped and narrowed her eyes, thinking. She was stock still for the first time since arriving at the farm. That was usually how it went. Sometimes asking the question was all it took to get them sorted out. Others took a lot longer, sometimes spending weeks at a time at the farm just doing as Ava was, staring up at the shard. Some, some came to the farm, found no answers, and left on foot, walking toward that great landmark on the horizon. So far as Ava knew, none of them had ever come back through the farm. It was a strange life, another strange time, another role she had never asked for, but she found she was good at. And Ava Levante had no interest in returning to the city. And that's the end of that chapter. So, again, we see Ava here um, really out of sorts. Like, uh, it, the the attack on the tower kind of, like, threw everything into chaos. And nothing really, truly ever went back to the way it was. Like, it, uh, th this idea of these, of these guardians... Again, we, we only get to see it from the player's character side of, oh, well, because story, of course we get our light back. Of course we're the savior of the day. Of course we get to commune with the, with the, the light through the, the, this chunk of the traveler. But in this instance, we learn of, of guardians that went to commune and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And so they come, they come back away from that and they're like, well, now what? Like... It, it 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 really like it's a psychological thing at this point of like am i not worthy to wield the light was i not supposed to have the light am, am i really supposed to just not be here and then like later on you know the the, the light does eventually return to everyone cuz the the gaul's contraption is 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 destroyed by the by the traveler waking up and blowing it up um so but then to have the light return and then to think of it as like it fits weirdly like it doesn't it doesn't feel the same, and uh, again, it's uh, you know, Ava, Ava's kind of <laughs> Ava's kind of like the psychiatrist now. Like, yeah, well, how does that make you feel, right? Like, <laughs> is it the light that changed, or did you? And so, yeah, it's it's that can that can be a rough thing. And then, like for some, that like they they still didn't get it. Like they 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 still had no clue what to do, and they just. To just walk off into the field, and who knows what happened to him at that point? You know, like that's a that's a 
the Red War really did change a lot of things. And um, for Ava just to even be here, it, it's, it's, you know, there's no need for the underground now. Like, so now that job is gone. Now she's in a new role of, of, of guardian psychiatry now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like unofficially part of that. And, and so now it's, it's, it's just a, you know, now what? It's it's a it's a constant stream of now what because the farm really um, after after Gaul was defeated the farm was really abandoned like we mm-hmm. we didn't have a reason for it anymore everyone was just like oh, okay well you know the city's safe now the city's been retaken like let's all just move back into our homes like let's clean up and rebuild and have a good old hunky dory time even though for some reason we still can't get the freaking tower rebuilt I don't know what the deal with that is. <laughs> Bad contractors of all the hired or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so government contractors. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> my 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 dad was a government contractor. Let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it's it's a. Uh, it, but then for like nobody even it's it's almost like she's been forgotten now. Like, you know, like oh well, you know, yeah, Ava's out at the farm. She'll be okay. Like we've we've. We've <laughs> we've put her out to pasture. Oh no! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh. oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, yeah, but and and but the fact that she's like nobody's even asked her to come back to the tower. Like, hey, come come back and be the the shader vendor. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a rough time for her. Yeah, and and it seems like you know at at the end of this, she says you know she doesn't have any interest in going back at this point. Um, like i i think it's it's probably stems from she has in her mind what that place was and to go and visit you know the rebuilt tower with new people with new things is like is going to overwrite the memory of what that used to be kind of exactly. thing exactly and so I, I think a lot of it stems from from that fear, more than anything. That's a, that, and that's a that's a genuine fear there too. Like it's it's um, that idea that like it's it's funny because like I think of I think of even like um, my hometown growing up. Like uh, you know my my mom has has told me oh well you know this this is now the so and so or that's now the whatever and it's like yeah when I was growing up like that was the blockbuster that was the freaking Walmart like. I'm going to go, I'm going to go there. Now, now it's like, well, that's a storage unit and that's a, that's a restaurant now or something like it's, there's so many things that have been overwritten that even, even the idea of going back and seeing these places is like, well, this isn't, this isn't what it was before. Like this has no meaning to me now. Like I don't, I don't care to be a part of this anymore. Like, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see that from, from Ava's standpoint. Yeah. So Ava, presumably, is hanging out in the farm for quite some time. Um, pretty much from the end of the Red War all the way up to Forsaken. Uh, and we all know what happened in Forsaken, the, the main uh, kind of driving force. Uh, and we see that also be a force that changes Ava and gets her to to kind of break out of this this funk that she's she's found herself in. 
so this next one is titled Invisible Scars, and it goes like this. The comms unit and her little room chirped loudly enough to wake Ava from a sound sleep. Ava had turned the little outbuilding into something of a homey space, with use of fabrics and art scavenged from the dead zone. But as it often did when she woke suddenly these days, it took her a moment to remember where she was. She groaned as she slid out of bed, using nearby furniture to steady herself. The damage the war beasts had done had been extensive, and even now she could feel the tightness in her legs where the Braytech had knit bone and sinew back together. She slumped back into a little chair in front of the comms unit. The light from the screen lit the room, which was otherwise almost completely dark. She blearily peered into the unit as the image of Tess Everest resolved itself. It was daylight in the city, and Tess was impeccably dressed for work. Do you know what time it is here? Ava asked, allowing the annoyance to seep into her words. Yes, I do. Something in Tess's voice made Ava sit up and look closer. There was a tightness in Tess's face. She looked frightened. Tess, what, what's going on? Are you all right? Ava was wide awake now, and plucked at the edge of her teal robe to draw it around her. She was suddenly very cold. I, I'm sorry, sweetheart, just... I wanted you to know right away. I bet Tyra's getting a call from Rahul right now. Tess looked down and away before looking up into the camera again. Sweetie, Cade's dead. Something happened out at the reef yesterday. I, I don't know all of the details, but everybody is talking about it. Ava's mouth formed a thin, worried line. She'd never been overly fond of the Hunter Vanguard, but so many people looked up to him, relied on him, and if something was powerful enough to kill Cade Six... The Legion? Tess shook her head. Still quiet, as far as word around here goes. She gave a dim smile for the first time since Ava had picked up. You know how reliable the rumor mill is, though. It, it could be anything. Ava sat back in her chair, frowning. I, I'm sorry, dear. I, I know you liked him. Tess shrugged, trying to play it off. Don't give me that. We weren't swapping stories in the market that long ago. Tess stopped and nodded, sadly. There's going to be a uh, memorial service, I think. Will you come back for it? It was Ava's turn to look away from the screen. It was the first time someone had asked her to go back, and for a funeral, of all things. Ava was about to make an excuse when Tess continued, her voice taking on a slight tinge of humor. While you're here, you can sort out the holiday programming for the frames. Ava's eyes widened. 
The frames are doing holidays without me. Tessa's smile broke into a full grin. We were just as surprised. Somehow all of the holiday gear got packed along with critical supplies and the transfer to the new tower. And when your programs kicked in, they were able to find the tagged crates. Tess picked up her comms unit and angled the lens so that it would show the dawning hat sitting on top of a mannequin in the corner of the room. Ava shook her head, disbelieving. They did the dawning without me. Tess's face came back into frame. Over the summer, Ikora got someone to help her set up an event to commemorate the end of the war, too. Ava tried not to let her annoyance show on her face. And how was it? Tess shook her head from side to side, evaluating. Oh, you know, it was okay. When she saw Ava's mouth tighten, Tess laughed. It didn't have your touch, sweetie, she sighed. Oh, it feels good to laugh. Come back to the tower, even if it's just to pay your respects. I, I haven't given you a hug in what feels like years. And in the darkness of her room, Ava turned to look out her window. On the horizon, the dim glow of the shard was like an anchor, a symbol of the past. And Ava looked back towards her friend and smiled. And that's the end of that chapter. Oh, that's, that's kind of sweet. That's super sweet. Uh... Kind of, kind of annoyed that the frames did all the holidays. Like, <laughs> it's just an automation. What's, what's that you say about uh, programming myth? If you can automate it, you've done your job, and now you don't have to work anymore. I it mean, have that touch to that's, it, myth. it doesn't have that personal touch. If, as a system admin, you have to do anything more than twice, you need to automate it. <laughs> that is my there rule. There it is. There it is. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, the, the summer event they're talking about is the summer solstice, right? Uh, yeah, I believe it was summer solstice. I think that was the first summer solstice. That, uh, that, that event has evolved a lot. I know this isn't, this doesn't, I mean, I guess it does have to do with Ava cause she does kind of yeah. events. Um, the summer solstice, it's interesting. That one started off as its own event, uh, it for 2018, and that was the first year. I remember that was the first year that I that I did it and got the got the T-shirt and everything for it. And then it slowly evolved into, um, like over the next year, got slightly combined with the um, uh, what is it called? Moments of Triumph, the yearly Moments of Triumph. So that first year, it was just called the Solstice event, and there were. There was a there was these really neat pieces of armor. Um, I think I'm I'm using the helm right now from that uh, on my on my solar warlock uh, transmog because mm-hmm. like when you get your super built up, the the armor pieces would glow um, that color. Um, now now you just kind of buy the glow and it's like you 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 turn it on for your whole gear or whatever. But like this one specifically, it's like as you're supercharged up, the glow got brighter and brighter and brighter, which is really neat. And uh, you relived the events of the Red War um, to earn this. 
there were I think six or seven podiums in the in the tower, and like you'd go to them and you'd have to run a a, a, a super super hard heroic mission of them. The hardest one was like I think it was one one UA or one AU or I think is what it was called, uh, and the whole hard part of the battle that one was like the area where you'd get to where normally there was like one tank and like a couple of snipers. Now there's like eight tanks and like 60 snipers and you're just like, oh my God. And they're all freaking boss bar health. And you're just like, oh my God. And you're just sitting there with your little, your little scout just kind of plinking away from behind cover if you could and super, super hard missions. But then once you got to the end of them, you like, you had this thing, but uh, yeah, no, the, the idea that the, you know, the life, life kind of moved on without her, without Ava in the tower and, even though it did, there's still people that miss her. I mean, obviously, Tess yeah. being the, the primary one, but uh, uh, to even have other people like Ikora to be like, hey, we miss these events. Like, screw it. I'm just going to put it together myself and see what happens. And then Tess is like, well, it was okay. But, you know, <laughs> it, didn't have, it didn't have grandma's touch to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do think it's fun that they kind of... I canonize that first dawning where Ava wasn't in the tower. Like it, it I truly, totally forgot that she wasn't in there. Yeah. That, that first dawning of destiny two, um, uh, or I guess the first, first dawning around forsaken time, uh, of, of destiny two. Like, yeah. Ikora was the vendor that we, we went to, yep. to, to do everything. Uh, so it was just kind of a, a canonizing of like, she tried, but, <laughs> It but, was okay. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> um, Got the job done, but man. So bolstered by you know this thought of like they they're doing the events without me and they're doing them wrong. Uh, <laughs> Ava yeah. kind of resolves herself to once again go to the tower um, and and find a place there, and so we wrap up our readings for the evening uh, with the last chapter titled You Can Never Go Home Again. And it goes like this. Ava Levante pulled open the door to her storage unit and gagged at the smell. She turned to the two frames who were accompanying her and pointed inside. Start by sanitizing the whole space. When it's clean, we'll start moving in the crates. The frames both nodded and beeped affirmation. They were already sweeping with abandon as they crossed the threshold. Ava stumped back several paces, supported by her cane to avoid getting any dirt on her outfit. Around her, the marketplace swirled with activity. Civilians on break ate at the lunch counter, shoppers browsed the stalls, frames cleaned and patrolled and delivered goods, and guardians were everywhere. A riot of color and style as they flipped and floated and leapt around the space. Ava scowled, frustrated with herself again for letting Tess and, to an extent, Amanda, talk her into returning. None of this felt right. None of it felt comfortable. And now this space they'd given her to store her wares had apparently last been opened and cleaned some time before the faction wars. She found a bench along one of the market's walkways and sank down gratefully, watching the crowd pass by. 
Fashion, as it always did in the city, had moved quickly since the day the Legion attacked. She was still catching up, still finding her footing. Rebreather masks in particular dotted the faces in the crowds, more stylish and ornamental than practical, a holdover from a necessity in the days rebuilding and restoring the city. And the guardians, Tess had spent much of their time together since her return, filling her in on fashion trends among the light bearer. And Eva, Eva was incredibly impressed. Tess, the foundries, even the vanguard had outdone themselves. Armor designs and shader schemas had improved dramatically since her days at the old tower. What am I even going to do here? she muttered to herself. What can I do that... She trailed off, watching a guardian walk by with what appeared to be a full crest rising above his helmet, and a warlock robe that flowed and rippled behind him in the breeze. That's it. Ava stood, heading for the door to tell the frames to stop cleaning, when someone stepped into her path. A guardian in a black leather trench coat and a shiny helm. Ava? The voice was distorted. She could see her own face reflected in the helmet, confused. The gloved hands came up, and the headpiece came off to reveal the smiling face of Ramos. Abuela, it's me. He pulled her into an enormous hug as she smiled. You rascal, you never gave me the chance to thank you. She swatted him kindly on the shoulder as she pulled away. Just save a woman's life and then ride off to retake the city, why don't you? Ramos laughed, happier than she had ever seen him. The light hung around him easily, and he turned to a pair of guardians standing nearby, watching tentatively. Team, this is Ava Levante. You remember my stories? This woman is a legend. He gestured at the two. Ava, these are... These two are shiny as glimmer, just became guardians before the Legion attacked. Ava nodded her head deeply to them. Good to meet both of you. One raised a hand in an awkward greeting, while the other cocked their head. What, uh, what do you have here? Ava sighed. Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not actually... Ramos laughed and said, She is a phenomenal seamstress, a hero of the war. And before that, she was one of the pillars of life in the tower. Remember the dawning holiday you like so much? She is the reason it exists. The two turned back to her, impressed. How did you get Zavala to agree to, um, to, uh, to have a little fun? Ava smiled. She laughed at the responses she got from all three guardians and tapped her cane twice on the ground. That's a very good story, actually, if you have some time. Ramos laughed. Absolutely. Come, let's get some food, and we can help these kinder guardians learn a thing about what it means to be a part of the tower. 
and with help from her friend, Ava Levante walked easily across the market square of the tower, bastion of the last safe city, the place she called home. That is the end of this lore book. Oh. I just want to go make cookies now. <laughs> I want to make cookies. Cookies for everyone. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. Happy Christmas story. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So Ava, although now is just, just the holiday vendor and just supplies us She's with. Goddamn. War hero, war legend is what the hell she I is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that a, a large portion of the civilians and lightless guardians of the Red War would not have survived had her underground not been active. Grandma, what'd you do during the war? Well, kiddo, let me tell you about it. <laughs> I had a shotgun and I kicked in teeth. What? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Here's a cookie. Go away. <laughs> oh my god yeah that's that's a cute story i i it, it it's it's so funny that uh um to think of like ava yeah she comes around four times a year and you're just like oh hey hey ava okay bye thanks thanks for being around but then like to think like she literally saved like half the city yeah and she's the reason that half of these people are even here like it's it's that's super cool that's that's super cool. Thank you. Thank you, Christmas Grandma. <laughs> and Halloween Grandma. And... and and At one point in time, Revelry. Nobody even remembers Revelry. I remember Revelry. I remember Revelry. I, I still I have all the armor sets from Revelry. I never got the full set. I got the set from the Eververse, but I, I think the only thing I have is the, the chest from the actual set. Like, Oh, uh, yeah. I'm so annoyed at myself. I didn't follow that one through more. Those were dark times, Myth. Those were dark times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, so that is the end of our, uh, our story for this episode of, of Ava Levante and, uh, and her exploits during the Red War. Um, so a little shorter episode, not as short, honestly, as I thought it was going to be. Aha! <laughs> you underestimate my ability to talk, Myth. I, yes. Yes, I yes. do. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's do uh, let's do some shout outs then. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've got a couple shout outs. Um, the first one comes to us from uh, an email that was sent to us um, from, I believe this is uh, Predanax is, is the, how the gamer tag would be set. Uh, but they say, hey, guys, I wanted to let you know uh, you made it into my top five podcasts for Spotify Wrapped, and I look forward to your podcast every week. Also, I have a theory for you involving Kansu, Ooh. one of the Egyptian moon gods. Uh, Ooh, one okay. of theory time. Yep. One of his nicknames is The Traveler, and he was considered a defender. There are a few stories and things he did, like being a part of the judgment process for souls and early on eating the hearts of other gods. Uh, nice. I, I can see some parallels, and my head went, uh, went right to thinking up my own lore and backstory to the Traveler. Uh, I'm sure this has already been discussed at some point. Um, but just thought it was a cool thought and would be fun to see if this was an inspiration for the Traveler, since Bungie definitely likes their mythology. 
Uh, so first of all, thank you very much for uh, listening to us enough to be one of your top five. That's Yay. awesome. Uh, yeah. And Bungie definitely likes pulling from mythology. We have seen um, many, many times where they pull lots of Greek from, from different, yeah, a lot of Greek stuff, especially with like the Gabal and whatnot. Um, but I definitely would be within the realm of reason to think that they would use, uh, Egyptian, I mean, Osiris, duh. Right. Uh, (laughs) yeah, they, they have looked at Egyptian mythology and, and pulled at least names out of it. Um, so it's a very interesting idea. I, I don't know a ton about Kansu. Uh, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. But I, I I have looked up a few things which do kind of lend to maybe this is the 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 inspiration that they pulled from. Um. So the first being he as he, he doesn't do the whole like Kalima Kalima. Hamam shivai, hamam shivai, hamam shivai. Like he doesn't. He's not really eating hearts, is he? Uh. Well, I can't. I can't give you much there. Okay. Um. But from from just a very cursory understanding of the the mythology around uh, Kansu, um, as uh, Prednak said, is uh, referred to their their name means traveler, um, and they are uh, very much associated with the moon, um, the Egyptian god of the moon. Uh, in the depictions of Kansu that I've seen online. I uh, very typically their headdress is a uh, a white orb. It's it's like a, a gold cradle with a, a large white orb in it. Okay. Which you know, depicting the moon, I assume. But we have another large white orb that uh, we deal a lot with in Destiny. Um, Never heard of it. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Not even in a tower anymore. So I don't. I don't know where it is. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, but uh, has many titles known as the Embracer, the Pathfinder, the Defender, and the Healer, which is kind of interesting. You know, we know the Light. Uh, obviously, the the Guardians tend to be Defenders. Um, the Light can heal as well as destroy. So there's some interesting similarities there. Um, also what I thought was interesting is that, I uh, a lot of the depictions that I've seen seem to show a, um, Falcon's head as the, the head of Kansu. And we know that the traveler has been known to, um, use visions of hawks to, yeah communicate with people and, and guide them along as we saw in like the hawk moon quest chain. Um, yep. so that's another like kind the of red ward. Like when we, when, yeah. when we mm-hmm. went lightless, like the hawk, like guided us through this, through the, through the, through the, 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 there was a bunch of visions with like the gawk, the, the gawk, the hawk guiding us to the farm. Yeah. So I, I, I think there's a lot to be said. This could very well be, uh, have served inspiration for the traveler. I don't know that we're going to get any clues as to um, 
the traveler's role in the destiny universe un- unless they're going to go with like the traveler is really a giant pac-man and it's just been eating all the other gods nom, of the nom, destiny nom, universe nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> uh but i would not be surprised one bit if this is where some of the concepts came from so Absolutely. that is some great detest- detective work on your part uh and that's a still, fun one it was a fun one to look into still looking forward to, to seeing what what uh the final shape has to bring us I, it's yes. I'm, I'm a little sad that it's it's been pushed out to June. Uh, yeah. But um yeah, if if it's if it's if if it needs to be that much more polished, I'm kind of okay with it. Cuz again, I I I and this is this is nothing on on Bungie or or game development or anything like that, but I I remember when they said they were pushing back back uh Witch Queen. Uh, so like I remember, um, Beyond Light was 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 I want to say Beyond Light was pushed back a little bit um, from the from the the typical one year I I say one year rotation that we had kind of gotten into the the habit of uh, of with with um, with Destiny of like every every year every September there's something new so like uh, Destiny came out in September and then uh, Taken King was the next September and then. Uh, Rise of Iron was the next September, and then Destiny Two was the next September, and then uh, Forsaken was the next September. But then, like Beyond Light, it I remember Beyond Light getting pushed back to like maybe November, possibly December, um, and just being a little bit back, a little bit. Um, I don't know was Shadow Keep before Beyond Light? Am I crazy? Am I am I off a year? Oh, I think. I think Shadow Keep was before Beyond Light because okay. we didn't have Stasis in Shadow Keep, I don't believe. That's right. That's right. So yeah, so so I think even Shadow Keep was was still on schedule for for that year or maybe Shadow Keep might have been like a month back instead of being uh September, it was then like October or something like that. Um and then uh Beyond Light was like again, I think it was November, December. Uh, and then Sha- the Wish Queen was pushed back to February, so it's like I I I was starting to really think that they were going to move to an eighteen month uh, development cycle or release cycle, uh, which I'm okay with. I I yeah I have no problem with that. Like I I you know having years of playing uh, World of Warcraft, they were on a two year development cycle, so it was like every two years an expansion came out. Um, so I mean, you, you think about how much content that you you go through in that over the course of two years, like, yeah, Des- Destiny being on it one year is is kind of pushing it. Like that's really cutting it close with a lot of stuff. So as much as it saddens me that it it is moved to June, like it's okay. I, yeah, I know I know they need time, and and I'm 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 willing to wait. I'll be a little yep. bored between now and then. Like, you know, I'll play a lot more <laughs> uh, checkers and chess, but. Uh, Oh yes, the go-to's, the go-to's, yeah. checkers and chess. Yeah. yeah. Checkers and chess. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so our second shout out um and final one for this episode um is kind of a a a response to a response. Um <laughs> so I believe this was last episode or two episodes ago, we had a shout out that um that uh very you know kind person was letting us know that they enjoyed what we did. And then they had made a mention of Amanda holiday, uh, being disc- being someone that you could find within the EDZ. And we were kind of confused by that. Uh, 
and I, it, they, they responded, I, again, um, via audible reviews in this case, I, and I just like not, not trying to put this person on the spot or, or anything, but their response back made us laugh, uh, real, gave us a, a very good laugh. So it was so good. Uh, so we're putting their response <laughs> as a, as a, we're, we're giving a, a, a response shout out to the response of our shout out. Yeah. Uh, so needless to say, the title of this review is Sorry, I'm a Titan Man. I love it. I guess <laughs> it, it didn't have to say anything else. Like just the title alone. I was like, ah, oh, I see what's happening here. So they go on to say, um, I'm responding to my shout out about Amanda Holiday. Uh, I did not pay enough attention throughout the previous Lightfall season, uh, season of the Defiant. She did. I'll she shut did. Up. That that screwed me up. Like as soon as Ben said it like that, I was like, he didn't even. She dead. That lady dead. Yep. Yep. Spoiler alert. Amanda dead. Full stop. Uh, um. So th- then they say, "I'll shut up and be a good Titan and enjoy story time with my box of crayons." Uh, as, so. a, as a secret uh, closet Titan. Uh, yeah, I'll join you. Uh. <laughs> I may or may not have gone looking for Amanda going, this motherfucker's crazy. What the fuck are you talking about? Amanda in the town. What the hell is this guy going? Like, I've been everywhere. There ain't no man I'm here. She dead. That's why she's not here. She dead. She dead. But no. What's wrong with you? I say you, she dead. No, it's perfectly fine. You know, we... Not we're not always tuned in to not everyone is always tuned into every season and and the events that, that happen there and Totally not a big deal. I, I just thought say the response don't, was hilarious. Yeah, like the 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 coming back and and owning up to it and the like and just it was great. We 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 she laughed did. a lot. So thank you As for that, that. That line alone, she did that that <laughs> that did it for me. I'm a I'm a very big Family Guy fan, and so like one of the scenes from Family Guy is is uh, Peter goes to to Kentucky to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, and and he's there to meet the Colonel. And the the guy at the register, he he she shows you know Peter shows up and he's like I'm here to meet the colonel. And the guy at the counter says he he dead. And Peter just goes what I say you he dead. And then Peter's just like the colonel. And so like in my head I'm thinking this Titan sitting out here Amanda. And everyone else is like <laughs> she dead. Amanda Holiday. What's wrong with you? I say you she dead. That's that's the that's the image I now have of of this yeah. poor Titan. Yeah. And and trust me, you are not alone. And I will gladly sit in that corner and eat my crayons with you. I like the blue ones. The blue ones uh, give me arc souls. So yeah, I like those. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no. So thank thank you for the laugh. Do not feel like you need to uh, to shut up because we we like seeing it stuff. We will investigate any any little scrap Absolutely. of info. So uh, if you have any other theories or anything else that comes up, please do not hesitate to send them our way. Um, but yeah. So that is the the uh, conclusion of our shout outs for this episode uh, and for this year, I guess. That's uh, it. We yeah. did it. <laughs> we, we made it. We made Goodbye, it. Goodbye, 2024. Three, what year is this? Uh, three. <laughs> yes. Shut up, you. Uh, I know numbers and dates and shit. <laughs> but say if, <laughs> if if you like what you heard and you want to support us in some way, um, leave us a review on your platform of choice. Uh, or better yet, tell a friend. 
to uh, that you think might enjoy it to to check it out. Um, and say if you feel strongly enough that you want to leave a text review, uh, please go ahead and do that. We love seeing those. Otherwise, you can reach us on Twitter at Myths and Stories Z instead of an S. Uh, or via our email, which is the same myths and stories at gmail.com. And you may see yourself as a future shout out. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Who am I going to thank? You know what? Screw it. I'm going to thank Grandma. Shotgun I mean, Wheel yeah. Grandma kicking in teeth, putting, putting shell, racking shells. And, and I imagine Grandma Ava Levante grabbing this thing by the pump and just doing that one-handed like shack shack <laughs> like throwing it up and she's just like let's go and she's just a cabal kicking and she's like pop shack pop shack like let's go thank you grandma for being a freaking badass during the red war and and now going back to being seamstress <laughs> be a badass seamstress now grandma you're yep. awesome all right um anything else myth that is it. All righty. Well, then from all of us Lord Daddies to all of you Guardians out there, have a wonderful dawning, have a wonderful holiday, and we will see you next year. You found your people. Guardians do love their myths and stories.